everyone! This is Kate of Fuse 8 and Kate. I just want to let you know we have two quick announcements before we start today's episode. One, we have a Facebook page. Go to facebook.com slash fuse number eight, Kate, which leads me into announcement number two, which is that we are recording our 100th episode live on both Facebook and Instagram. If you've ever wondered what we look like or how we record or just how small my bedroom is, feel free to join us on Monday, August 5th at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. Now to your regularly scheduled programming. Two sisters lived on separate sides of the states. One in NYC and the other LA. They both moved to Chicago and decided to stay. Now here's their playful podcast packed with Kid Lit Parlay. Children's books. Are they really that great? Talking children's books is with Kate and Fuse 8. Children's books. Why, what, and how? Fuse 8 and Kate will break it down for you now. Kate, you know what I always say about polar vortexes? Oh my gosh, that they can hitch at any time. Nope, that's not it. That they get passed down from generation to generation. Not even close. You always get the size too big. No, but, no, that's not. That's not what I always say. What do you? What do you say? I always say they're good for killing off bugs. What? They are. Have you seen any yellow jackets yet this year? No. Have you seen any wasps? I've seen a lot of ants. Ants don't count. They're, that's not the bad. I'm talking I... like stingy things. Like, have you seen anything stingy? A bumblebee. Yeah. Bumblebees and the bees. And honeybees. And yeah. the honeybees. Those are okay, but those, like, nasty little things? Like, yeah. I haven't even seen any cicada killer wasps. Betsy. No, but here's my There's point. There's gonna be one coming into the room in, like, I... 30 seconds. And it's gonna get your dog, is what's Ooh. gonna happen. Well, you know that's what they do. They always go for the most vulnerable person in the room. Aww. It's gonna be the dog. Don't say that. Well, you know what? Here, I'll make you happy. I'll make you think of something happy. You know, you know what's a happy insect? An insect that makes people happy all the time. Dragonflies. Yeah, that's true. But I was talking more like fireflies. Oh, I was going to say, or butterflies. Butterflies are good too. But fireflies, there have been more fireflies this summer than in like years. Yeah, they're everywhere. They're absolutely freaking everywhere. And that's a good thing. And do you say firefly, lightning bug? I would literally, it says right here, do you say, look, I'm going to even show you. It says right there. It says, do you say fireflies or do you say lightning bugs? I say uh, lightning bugs, I think. I actually say them a lot too, but they confuse my kids when I say that. I'll be saying lightning bugs, and they'll look at me like, how's it with them? And I'll be like, firefly? Like, oh, firefly. We huh. understand your language now. Weird. So, yeah, that's a little peculiar. I wonder if it's not a region. Is it a regional thing? Well, I don't know. Well, it might be because fireflies aren't in every part of the country. So This is true. They're not, well, but they're all throughout the world, sort of. I don't know if that's true, actually. I'm just making stuff up. <laughs> okay. You know what else we do? We make up stuff on this podcast all the time. Don't sure we, we do. Sure we do. So many fact, quote unquote, things. Things. <laughs> and, and what else do we do on this podcast? Um, we talk about children's books. That's right. And And what about them? Whether they're good. That's right. <laughs> or whether they're bad. Or whether they're about fireflies. Actually... It's funny you should say that, because look what I'm going to pull out of my bag. Really? A boo 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 I swear to God, folks, she had no idea that this was the book I was going to pull out. She just gave me that segue on a silver freaking platter. Because I didn't think there were any children's books about fireflies. You didn't think so? Well, guess what, baby? There's at least one. And it's pretty darn well known. Now, that author there, who's that author? Katie Eastman. Why does he sound familiar? 
Is he the Go Dog Go guy? Very good. He also did a Are You Are My you Mother. My mom? Yep, yeah. yep. And but this was his very first book. And I have accidentally made reference to this in the past on previous podcasts and then be like, oh, we haven't done this one yet. So I was like, well, just to stop myself from messing up, we'll do it today. All right. All right. Go read that book. While Kate does her read, uh, this is actually, as I mentioned, Philip Day Eastman's first children's book. I'll give you some background info on him, though I warn you that some of this was probably covered when we did Are You My Mother? Uh, but just to give you a little recap on where the man came from. So, he studied at the National Academy of Design in New York City. 1936, he moves to L.A., and he works with Walt Disney Studios. He did some uh, production design and story, and he was an assistant animator. 1943, boom, he's inducted into the Army and assigned to the Signal Corps Film Unit. He was a writer and storyboard artist on the Private Snafu series. Uh, who was in charge of that unit? Oh, Ted Geisel, a.k.a. Dr. Seuss. When he was discharged, he was a writer, a storyboard artist, and he helped develop the character of Mr. Magoo. And he was a co-writer on the screenplay for Gerald McBoing Boing. He worked on TV commercials, and about this time, Ted Geisel approaches him to write for his new beginner book series at Random House. So, by 1958, uh, he publishes now, he's now he's known as P.D. Eastman's first children's book, Sam and the Firefly, which brings us to today. And we're back. Yes. You read a book. I did. It was so action-packed, the suspense and the drama and the characters and, and oh. So much better than the recent, the we're going to draw, you know, dig a hole. Yeah. Now the, I'll the go last to the books have been kind of ho-hum. This yeah, was yeah. action-packed, suspenseful, Violence, the drama. All sorts very of things. Very exciting. Yes. Okay. Well, what's, what's this book about then? So it starts off with us meeting this owl named Gus, mm-hmm. who it's nighttime, which... A lot of these reminded me of that robbers book where... The Three Robbers by Tommy Younger. Yeah, yeah, where it's all like in the blues and greens, Mm -hmm. except for the occasional white or yellow um, coming from like eyeballs or the moon. I think he does night better than anyone before or since in picture books. That is a large statement. or the Younger P.D. Eastman. I love his night. Yeah, he's got a good night. I can't believe this was his first picture book because he does night so well. Yeah. Yeah. So he wakes up from his tree and asks, okay, who wants to play? Right. Does he ask this every single day? That's what I can't figure out. I mean, he's not a new owl. How is he so surprised that everyone's asleep? Yeah. Because this seems like a shocker to him. And is this like the first day of summer? Is this like Memento where he has like a memory thing and like every night he comes out and like, who wants to play? And every night he's shocked that nobody else is around? Well, it's got to be the beginning of the season because it's it's his first encounter with a firefly. He That's may- true. So it's, we're talking early summer here. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. Well, he teams up with Gus who, no, so Sam, Sam and Gus, right? right. right. So Sam and Gus decide to fly around at night and discover using the firefly's tail mm-hmm. who can somehow like produce light in segments quite uh, let's say thorax that's a thing on bugs <laughs> oh my I don't gosh. know if that's the right one so it, he can Mandible? So, he can make words in the sky with his flashy thing most impressive of all he can put the, the letters don't connect Which always baffles me. Yeah, they're like separated Apparently he can just turn them off and on to separate the letters. And what is, is he like 
are they excrements that are hanging in the No, it's sky? like, you know, when you have, like, sparklers and you spell your name in the air with the sparklers? You ever done that? Yeah, but they don't last long enough for well, you to be able to see Gus and apparently Sam. Apparently, his light is so bright that it permanently burns into your retina in the words, and then you just can see nothing else. So they discover all these words that they can, you know, write mm-hmm. in the sky together. And, and he's taught this by the owl. Yeah, Sam the owl is teaching Gus how to write words. But that was the words. beginning and the end of it for him. He was like, I'm going to teach you to do some words, and that's, that's all I'm going... Well, no, Gus decided to go out on his own to a... Four, okay, this is what doesn't make sense. <laughs> it's a it's a four street corner. So there's no street lights, first of all. There's no street lights. No street sign. No street sign. No stoplight. This is a crossroads. Yeah. In so, the country? So I do not blame Gus at all for... Really? No, because there was bound to be an accident on this corner. <laughs> if there was no they traffic lights. They may not even looked up. They probably just got into that accident themselves. I mean, I don't blame This is the violence I was referring to, by the way. I mean, there were some cars that have been hit. Yeah. And which makes me wonder what year this is, because some of these cars seem... 1958, my friend. Perfect, because yep. I was thinking either the 40s or 50s. Yep, yep. So yep. there yeah, we go. This is 50s, yeah. So anyway, I don't blame... I, I don't blame the firefly here. That, really? There were accidents that were bound to happen on this corner. I blame him for that. But okay. then the owl is like, no, no, you, you can't do that. What are you, what, what are you doing? And, and the firefly says, oh, you old goose, you old hen. That's what I'm going to do now every time I want to insult you. But I'm right. going to be like, oh, you old goose. It's, it's, that, that hurt, you know. You that's old that, that, hen. It's all bird related insults. <laughs> So somehow the firefly gets high enough elevation. He yeah, just, he unless just these up. guys are landing and they're like super low. Yeah, but these I, are airplanes anyway. Right. So I should explain. He, yeah. So he's up in the air. There's like all these airplanes. So he's got to be at least ten thousand feet. Okay, fair enough. And he's writing, "Go up, <laughs> go down, out. Yeah. go this way, go that way." And all these planes are you know starting I mean, to. They could hit one another, and that would be horrible. No. no. Why are why are the pilots following the signs, these random words in the sky, well, and not... there's more going on here than just words in the not sky. Not air traffic control. If your pilot is trusting random glowy signs in the sky and not air traffic control, do not fly in you that are, plane. Why are you defending this firefly? <laughs> you are letting him completely off the hook Because these, these humans are stupid. I'm not, That's ag- why. I'm not arguing that, but if someone's stupid, you then don't, like, take advantage of that stupidity, is what I'm saying. Well, he is. You make... You know, clearly. <laughs> clearly. Yes. I mean, he's going over to the movie theater. This is one of his weirder pranks. And he's he writing, come in, free show. I mean, he's trying to help the people here. No, he's not trying to help the people. He wants to see the people get upset and riot. He is attempting to... Inc- Sight a riot it's at a like, movie theater. It's like four o'clock in the, three o'clock in the morning. Yeah, it is a little weird how many people are going to see a movie. I mean, if this is summer, it should not be this dark. Right. No, it is definitely people. late. It and is definitely there... late, and yet hordes of people <laughs> want to see a free want to see a free movie movie in the middle of the night, two a.m. And then I'm... you got these four guys at the hot dog stand. Right. The the firefly decides to cross out the word hot. Mm-hmm. In the hot dog sign. Right. And he puts cold. Cold dogs. And oh, all these customers. Who have been happily enjoying their dogs until now, I think. Or maybe they were no, about they, to order them. Yeah, yeah. They all didn't right. quite get their hot dogs because they said, we want our hot dogs hot. Okay. Not cold. So, Goodbye. <laughs> could, it, could it be that there's just one human in this whole book who does not fall for this? 
the hot dog man. The hot dog man, our because, hero. Because he just lost all of his business. Absolutely. This man has a legitimate, pardon me, beef. Eh? Eh? He's a hot dog <laughs> oh man? Oh my gosh. Like a Frankfurt? Anyway, ah. so he somehow has like a butterfly net in his hot dog stand. Maybe butterflies love hot dogs and he has to catch them all the time. Do you think we have listeners who don't know what fireflies are? Uh, possibly. Hmm. Okay, folks, if you've never seen a firefly, its butt lights up. That's pretty much all you need to know. Yeah. They're, they're quite small. I would say it's maybe like half an inch. It's got wings. It's like an earwig size, I'd say, right? And it's and the and its tail can yeah. light up as like a neon green. Greenish yellow. Yeah, yeah and it uh-huh. blinks. Yeah. 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 I don't know. As kids, we would put them in jars, which is exactly what the hot dog man does. Right. He puts it in a jar. With no, no lid that I, no holes in that lid. <laughs> so no. nothing. No. Then, then he drives off with him for reasons that I can't quite understand. I mean, if you caught a fire, his hot dog stand's still open. Yeah, maybe. How long do these words last? Maybe. Well, that's a good question. But we maybe never know. he decides he's gonna go into the country and he's going to release the firefly in the country away weird, from his business. That's a weird instinct. But no? Okay, sure, maybe. Maybe, he, maybe. But as Or he wants to commit firefly murder and <laughs> dump him in the swamps. I don't know, yeah. Squish him. It's not that I hard mean, it's just... really easy to kill a firefly. Oh, yeah. Is what I'm saying, yeah. But the whole time that the hot dog man is driving away in his truck with the firefly in the jar, uh, the Sam, the owl is mm. chasing after them. and he's... Basically, this is Blood Simple by the Coen brothers, but with a firefly and a hot dog man. Well, you know, the owl is like, how do I get my friend out of that jar? And meanwhile, the firefly in the jar is saying, man, I really wish that owl would get me out. Well, well, he's having a dark night of the soul. He, There's some regret there. Yeah, he says, I was bad. I, I, just, I just had to have fun. I just had to have fun. <sighs> uh, whoa. Whoa is me. <laughs> but then, the truck just randomly stops on the train tracks. Could it be that someone worked on the engine? No. No. No, not even slightly. No. <laughs> it's just an old truck, yeah. But, but And now a train is coming, and this is where I'm like... This is a legit... Oh, this is getting good. Yeah. I don't know if I've ever seen a life or death situation like this. Like I don't know. It's a very realistic situation, because if you, you know when your car like breaks down, it always does it like the worst possible moment. And especially, like, if you had to go over these, like, bumpy train tracks and you get halfway over and then, like, Yeah, that's poof, terrifying. Poof, poof, poof. And now you've got a freaking train coming. I mean, he could, if he put his truck into neutral, could he just push it the rest of the way? But I guess it's a heavy truck. I don't know. He's got the, the hood of the of the truck yeah. lifted up, so he's definitely trying to... Well, and that train's pretty close, so, yeah, so you wouldn't really be putting your life in your hands if so, you attempted to push it. Yeah, and so now the owl is like, okay, I'm going to do something. So he grabs the jar, mm-hmm. and he kind of brings it up into the now, air. Now, this could kill Gus, what it, he does next. It could, but maybe if he expects, okay, so when the jar is going to hit the ground at that point, I need to already be up in the air and the ah, velocity and physics, the physics. And, I yeah. like it. Yeah. yeah. Very Stem tying, folks. <laughs> Stem. So then the firefly is released because the jar breaks on the ground. Quite impressively. And uh, an owl is like, do, do something good for once. Yeah, for Go. once in your freaking short firefly life you don't live that long technically do oh, but, something good but the drama it's like oh my gosh will that hot dog man yeah. die is the car yeah, going exactly. to explode is the train gonna derail exactly what's gonna happen what's gonna happen so the firefly he gets up in the air and he writes stop 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 stop, 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 stop in his big old 
light. <laughs> Shockingly large light. And, yes. the, and the train conductors say, look, it's a stop in the sky. I don't know. You but, know, they didn't have the... Well, they had neon lights. But I guess if you just see a sign at night, you're like, well, they must be there for a reason. It's in the sky. Yeah. It's, it's still, again... Another tie into the three robbers. You know, this would be a good way to rob a train. Just get a firefly, right? Fire stop, 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 and yeah. then you get out your blunderbuss. So and... they they managed to stop the train in time, which is miraculous because it, it had really good brakes. It takes a while for trains to stop. Yeah, but it just had its brakes like serviced like two weeks ago, so oh, it's like they're okay. practically right. new. Yeah. So then you know the conductors and the hot dog man, they're so happy and they're mm. like, oh, that was such a great trick, but. The firefly and the owl can't hear them because they've already flown away. Aww. And uh, and the the sun's starting to come up, and so Sam goes back. Sam the the owl goes back right. to his tree, mm-hmm. and the firefly goes back to the lake. I don't know where fireflies spend their days. It, the book ends with uh, you know the firefly at night going up to the owl's tree and writing "Get up, Sam." But the look on Sam's face. Makes me wonder if he wants to keep <laughs> Gus as a friend after what they went through. Yeah. Because it sure doesn't look well, like Well, you know, it. like, when you hang out with someone once and it just didn't go that great and you're like, well, but, maybe not. But then that thing, person thinks it went wonderfully. Right. And you're now, like, best buds. Right. That's kind of... It, they did go through a life or death situation together. Yeah. So I think the Firefly thinks they bonded. And right. I think, and you know, yeah. to be fair, he's just waking up. You know, when I've just woken up, if I was woken up by even, like, my bestest friend and they had written in huge bright letters in front of my face, Get up, Betsy! I don't think I would be the most, like, convivial... Nice word. Thank you. Pulled that one out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, person. I, so, I don't know. It could go either way, but yeah, you're, you're sure. This this friendship may not last. I don't I think, think it will. Yeah. Yeah. This could be a... A fly-by-night friendship, if you will. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I'm, I'm just on a roll today, baby. Right. Just a roll. All right. Uh, Petey Eastman was very good at drawing hands. So there's a shot of the hot dog man's hand as he is putting the firefly in the jar. If you would look at it, I think that is one of the most expertly drawn hands in the whole of children's literature. Look at that hand. Look how well he drew that. That's a good hand, I Hands guess. are hard to draw. He's got the shadowing, and uh, he's got the... Uh, What's the angle of it? The, the palm of the hand it's, versus the fingers and the nails. It's the most realistic thing in the book, aside from the backgrounds. Because yeah. humans tend to look the same. Yeah. Ish. Cartoonish. Fun fact about P.D. Eastman, very bad at drawing butts. <laughs> I'm just saying. there's. It wasn't this book. It was, it was a book called Fish Out of Water, uh, where you see quite a few male rear ends. They are always weirdly spiky, and I've never quite understood. Yeah, you're not getting good shots of these, but well, there's one of the uh, of the, 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 the cook man kind of bending over. Yeah, but you can see there's like angles to there's it. There's angles to the butt. There's angles yes. to his butts, and, and I've never quite figured out why that is. <laughs> All right, ratings time. Oh, okay. Oh wait, you know what? I take that back. One additional fact for you. This is a firefly fact. Okay. Okay, so I have here a book that is coming out in December. It's called Under the Milky Way. It's by Fronay Lussac. It is about different things that happen at night around the world. And there's a section on fireflies. Uh-huh. Now, fireflies, that's not very notable. There are fireflies all over the place. However, in the Great Smoky Mountains of North Carolina and Tennessee, there's a special kind of firefly. They flash at the same time. 
So imagine you see a ton of them in the woods, and they're all flashing, like, cool. at the same... So they're called, and I'm going to mess this up, I don't know how to quite say this, but synchronous? That makes sense. Yeah, they're synchronous fireflies. Because they're doing it in sync, right? Yep, and this is the... Uh, the Great Smoky Mountain ones are the largest population in America to do this. Cool. Put that on your old field trip, folks. Find the flashing fireflies. Okay. Okay. Rainy's time. I'm giving this an eight. Whoa! Because I like the illustrations. Whoa! I like, I like the story. I like the drama. I like that it's an easy... You didn't, you didn't find Gus a brat? Because I thought there was a chance that you would find Gus to be bratty. No, because the humans are stupid. Oh, come on. So, gosh, you can never <laughs> predict which way you're going to go with these things. And I do have a problem with the title and the names. Oh, interesting. Because the Gus and Sam are one syllable, and they're yeah. interchangeable, and you they're both what? male names. No, I know what you're talking about, because when I was attempting to look up this book, I was searching for Gus and the Firefly, and in fact, the title is Sam and the Firefly. Yeah, so if they had yeah. only changed it to be like maybe Gus and Sam, or yeah. Sam and Gus, Sam or, Gus, or have it be like a male and a female, or have yeah. it be a, one name, maybe a couple more syllables than the other. Gus and the Stupid Humans. <laughs> that would have been a great title. I mean... And you would remember that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, how Where's many... that one about the Stupid Humans? Oh, you mean Gus and the Humans. Yeah. Yes. So that was, that was like my biggest qualm, but okay. I mean, the illustrations, the story, the drama... The easy read. I th I the I really liked. That. Yeah, yeah. So I, I gave that's it. Cool. So I give it an eight. Okay. So uh, boy, that's super high. I I am a I'm a seven point five. Uh, so not that much higher. It's not that much higher, but you're you don't usually go high, so I'm up. No, but I, but this one was like really cool. I mean the 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 colors, the colors and, and are the drama, amazing, and I feel like that's where the suspense. Because I'm aware that my love of it is tainted very much by my childhood affection for it, which as we saw with Pokey Little Puppy can make people like stupid things. And uh, I don't believe this is a stupid thing, but it, it happens. It happens. But I do honestly believe he did nighttime better than almost anybody else. And so I believe the 7.5 is completely justified. So this is totally a classic. Completely. Weirdly high as classics go. I'm not even sure what we gave Go Dog Go. I'm sorry. Go Dog. Go! Yeah. Um, I'm not sure it was as high as this. I so. don't think it should be. I, because, I don't know about that. Because I think this has a better story. Well, yeah, because well, Go Go wasn't about the story. Exactly, and I like oh, stories. Oh, Lord. Okay, fine. <laughs> All right, letters time. boop a doop a doop boop boop Got a bunch of them, actually. Uh, first one comes from Beverly. She says, hi, ladies. Hello. Hello. Loving your podcast, which I've been binging lately. Thank you. Yeah, we are very bingeable. Uh, she has two points. The first one refers back to our episode about Tell Me a Mitzi. She says, When I was young, we wrote Sky Blue at the top of our hopscotch ladder. Interesting. Usually enveloped in a cloud. Which seems a little counterintuitive now. <laughs> and then the other comment is about Bark George. She says, And secondly, thank you for declaring Bark George a classic. My very favorite picture book ever. I met Jules's daughter, older I'm guessing, at a Kindling Words retreat many years ago, and I'm embarrassed to say I gushed all about her about to her about his book while being ignorant of her own work. Uh, they did a lovely book together, I should note, called uh, My Side of the Car. Uh, but she's done many other books on her own without him. Oh well, hopefully now I'm older and wiser? Question mark. Uh, then the other one was a, a long long, long uh, letter from a Lark. A novel. A novel from <laughs> Lark. 
a uh, couple points that uh, they kind of like pulled out. Uh, she she was not uh, pleased with our opinion of a hole is to dig. Ah uh, yes. Yes. I feel like I've upset a lot of people with the hole is not to dig. The hole has already been dug. Well, she addresses this, uh, and her take is very interesting. She says Kate is looking at the hole from a modern materialistic perspective. She needs to take a more Platonian approach. The hole is not the ideal hole. The ideal hole is the one yet to be dug. Children don't live in the past. Children live in the present and the future. I think Betsy said that on the show. In a child's mind, a hole is only there to dig. It is its raison d'etre. Digging the hole is way better than having a hole. It's deep, man. It is. I have to think about that one. Yeah. So philosophical. Because she says children don't live in the past. But let me tell you, if the child has gone through something unfair, <laughs> children live in that past. Forever. Getting them, getting them out of that past <laughs> is very difficult. She then actually notes that she prefers Butterflies, uh, the other book, to A Hole is to Take, which... Okay. Uh, but then she has something interesting about the tiger who came to tea. She says, I had never read a Judith Kerr book before, so I looked some up. Turns out that many of her stories take the same format of an animal doing absolutely ridiculous things with a normal English family. Mog, the forgetful cat, saves his family from a burglar. And if you thought the tiger was weird, Kate, do not read Goose in a Hole. I was on board with a tiger at tea, but geese swimming through underground caverns <laughs> and finding a way out during someone's party stretches all credulity. <laughs> I think these are a type of particularly English story for a particular time. Got it. Entirely possible. Yeah. Yeah, I would think so. Okay. One of the things she mentions, though, is that we should have our list... It, like for the public to view if they wanted to see like how we rated each oh, book. Oh yes, right? we should have a posted place. So I do where have it lives. a I do have a Google sheet where I keep track of like, you know, what you rate it, what I rate mm -hmm. it, what the average is, the name of the book and who wrote it. So maybe we should make that like a public thing so that everyone could see it. I mean, I could make a, a blog post solely dedicated to that and then just update it with every subsequent episode potentially. Huh. And then we could just say, oh, you wanted to see where it is? It's at this link. Oh, that works. Okay. I'll do that. Okay. Easy peasy. Cool. Wonderful. Grown up things we like. Yes. You want to go first or second? Uh, I'll go first. Okay, so I went to Minneapolis. Minneapolis. And... Not Maximnapolis. <laughs> what? I don't know. So, you're right. So I went to Minneapolis and two things I would recommend. One, uh, it was the, my first time at the Guthrie Theater. Oh, I love the Guthrie. Yeah, I'd never been there before. Oh. So that was pretty. There. Yeah. I, I saw guys and dolls. So this was very ah. like we was seeing the fifties guys at the hot dog stand. Yeah, I got yeah. a horse right here. His name is Bob. I was sit like, down, sit down, sit down, sit down. Their Adelaide was on point. You bet. You have to have a good Adelaide. Oh uh, my You can gosh. skip all the other characters, but you have to have a good Adelaide. She was well, you have so to have good. a good Nathan too. But I if think. you're not into theater, what I would also recommend is Can Can Wonderland. Have you ever heard of Can Can Wonderland? Uh, no. It is an artist-based um, arcade and uh, putt-putt golf place. In Minneapolis? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I live there. I've never heard of that. Is it new? It, I don't know, but it's very cool. So you get to play putt-putt through all these really cool ways of playing it because it was all designed by different artists. 
and they have, you know, all these different arcade games from like way back in the day, all these different pinball machines, and they also have booze if you're into that, and it's oh, just a super fun place. So I if you're in Minneapolis, go play Papa Can Can Wonderland. I might have to take my kids there. That sounds really awesome. Yeah. Oh, expect a super long line. But, okay. Well, yeah, there is that. Yeah. yeah, but it's but I it, all the money goes to support the artist community. Aww. So such a smart idea. Yeah. Well, that's a good one. All right, mine is a upcoming book. It's out September third. It's for grown-ups. So there you go. You you're familiar with the comic strip uh, XKCD. What? XKCD? Huh? The uh, you know Randall Monroe. He does a comic strip. It's all science-based stick figures. Nope. No, it's on all over the internet. So anyway, XKCD, very funny strip. Uh, and the guy who wrote it did has already done two books. He did What If and Thing Explainer. Well, this one's How To, Absurd Scientific Advice for Common Real-World Problems. Now, his definition of common real-world problems is a little broad. <laughs> um, but what I love about him is that he will... It doesn't matter... In the previous books, you could give him any ridiculous science question and he would try to answer it to the best of his abilities. In this one, it's all, it's all how-tos, and, uh, and some of them are pretty normal. How to throw a pool party. How to jump really high. You know, there's one that's like how to throw things, and then he'll go through the science of how you can actually throw something really far. But then they get a little wacky. How to build a lava moat. <laughs> how to power your house. That's a really good one. How to catch a drone. And, uh, and every single one of them is illustrated with his exceedingly simple stick figure characters, which, of course, probably take a lot of time to do. He is very funny. He is very amusing. He is very dry. Uh, so if you just want something that's really funny, it's got a little bit so of science. Is it out now? It is out September 3rd. Okay. So look for How To by Randall Monroe. Very cool. Well, I'm glad you gave me a book with some action, man. Some like, I didn't actually expect it to be that action-packed, but yeah, I guess it all worked out in the end. That's good. Yeah, you know what? Remember when we first started this podcast, and I was like, you know, maybe we should do like an episode about death and an episode. Yeah. About... Wait, you still haven't given me a divorce book. That's because there's really only one. I mean, I could bring it in. You really want it? I'd be curious as someone... I can I can show you probably the most popular divorce book of all as time. As someone who's been through a divorce, I'd be curious to see how they portray okay. it. Okay, this this will be interesting. Yeah, I would be fascinated by your reaction to this. Okay, and yes. I wonder, I really wonder if people can guess what book I'm thinking of. So we will find out. Cool. All right. Until then, I've been Betsy. I'm Kate. Bye. Fuse 8 and Kate is a Fuse number 8 production. You can reach us at FuseKate8 at gmail.com. You can follow our podcast on Twitter at Fuse underscore Kate. You can follow us on Instagram at Fuse8Kate. That's Fuse number 8 Kate. Follow us on iTunes and rate our podcast if you're so inclined. Our music is by Haddon Kime and our Toby Jug is Drew Atienza. Fuse 8 and Kate is a creation of Kate Ramsey and Betsy Burke.